3: That's why there's Dr. Clapper.
0: Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar Sinai. The Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper, presented by
3: Cedar Sinai. Hey, Dr. Clapper, how are, how are you? Saturday mornings from seven to nine. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors thanks for tuning in each and every saturday next saturday is going to be the 10-year anniversary of the show and i've got a special guest a secret special guest that i will reveal next week when he calls in this past week monday i was on the rich eisen show with ben lyons and ryan leaf talking about anthony davis Talking about Achilles tendinosis and what a muscle strain means. And using lots of Clapper vision to take them through what's happening to our beloved Anthony Davis. Two muscles, the gastroc muscle, your calf muscle meets the soleus muscle. That calf muscle that's deeper to the gastroc that you can feel right underneath your skin. And they beautifully blend together to form the Achilles tendon. And it made me think, where in our body are two muscles that choose not to blend, that stay separate, but still act together? Well, in your arm is the biceps muscle. There's a short head and a long head. And when you see people with what looks like a Popeye arm, you can be the orthopedic surgeon and diagnose that they've torn one of the two heads of their biceps muscle but guess what you don't have to fix it because the other muscle is still fine the short head you can still flex your elbow you can still rotate your forearm to open a doorknob use a screwdriver you lose no power you lose no function but people don't like the way it looks and that's the reason we'll fix them and at eight fifteen. 15 a biceps tendon surgeon expert, Kevin Kaplan is gonna be calling in and I can't wait to talk about the anatomy of this muscle. But it made me think all week, the power of two, the power of a duo in muscles, in my world of surgery and muscles and tendons, but you know how much I love the world of art and the world of sports. So where is the powerful duo that one day you lose one of them. How does the other go on? Do you have to fix it? Or can you survive with just one of them missing? What happens when one of them is missing when they were a duo? Where in sports do we see that? Well, we don't have to go very far, Laker fans, because we, mem- we remember the life and the time we had with Shaq and Kobe. But there was a moment when Jim Hill interviews Kobe Bryant after he wins his fifth ring and asks him, how does this feel? And what does Kobe say? It means I got one more than Shaq. That dynamic duo were two separate muscles working as one. In the world of art, two separate muscles blending are the movie critics, Siskel and Ebert. And at age 53, too young to leave us, one of the critics dies, Siskel dies of brain cancer. And how does the other one go on? You're going to hear that as an example of a dynamic duo where one of them is missing in the world of art. Let's get right into it, and let's go there to the world of art. This is Larry King talking to roger ebert on the day that his partner the short head remained but the long head of the biceps ruptured let's listen to larry king talking to roger ebert number one
4: and even on our last show which we did just three weeks ago um he came to play he came to Mm. uh, uh to be a film critic and to be feisty and to take you on at one point something went a little bit wrong and the director said can you do that again and gene said i'll do it 40 more times if you want me to He had a wonderful spirit, and I think that it was an inspiration to me that for the last uh, eight or nine months, he continued to do the show and to do his print work and his other jobs, uh, just as if he wasn't sick.
3: And as Larry King says, okay, you're like two muscles working together, but one of them has left. He died. Some things are not easily replaceable. Number three. Some things uh, in life are not replaceable. What
4: does Roger Ebert do? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I know that Gene Siskel would agree with me on this, that the show is worth doing because it's just about the only serious film criticism on a national weekly basis. Uh, So much of television has switched over to celebrity coverage and gossip. Number four. Next. Who won the weekend? uh, Who's getting divorced? How much money are they being paid? And we just look at the movies and say whether we think they're worth seeing or not, and that's worth doing. So we're going to have a group of film critics come in on a revolving basis uh, for a week or two. Our first uh, uh, substitute was uh, Tom Shales of The Washington Post. And we're going to continue uh, to carry on and hope that the show uh, will continue to perform the same function that it has. I think Gene would want us to do that.
3: Here's my favorite part where Larry King says to him, what are you gonna call the new show now that Siskel has passed away? And Roger Ebert says, I'm gonna still call it Siskel and Ebert, even though we'll have guests. Because as Larry King says, in this case where those two muscles blend together to form one, it's not so easy to replace him. Number five.
4: And so you'll be using others. Is this a search for a co-host? We we aren't treating it that way. Uh, we may just never ever replace Gene. We may have a revolving group of people for a long time. Ebert and Company. Well, <laughs> what will we call it? I don't know. I think for the rest of this season, we're going to call it Siskel and Ebert with a guest host. I think that's that's the way we'll handle that, and then we'll cross other bridges as we get to them.
3: They could practically complete each other's sentences. And it's a rough one for the replacement to try to duplicate that. Listen to Ebert try to explain this Tom Shales doing his best, but it ain't Gene Siskel. It is only one of him. Number seven.
4: I really admired uh, Tom Shales for how well he was able to adapt to our format and figure it out. It's a complicated show. It took Gene and I a while to figure out when to talk, when to listen, when to turn to the camera. We were newspaper guys. We had no idea. What we were doing in a television studio and um tom was a real quick student and i hope that we're going to have good luck with our other guest host
3: i want you to just hear briefly the shawshank redemption review by the two of them and how they blend they complement each other they complete each other's sentences when two muscles blend like your achilles different than the biceps number 14.
4: Well, I, I agree with uh, that. I, I think, it's, think it's, wonderful. it's an interesting film and a very moving film. And the yes. neat thing is, it's very rare that we see a friendship that develops slowly, slowly. over decades. I love that Until about the at the film. end, when we get to the payoff of the film, we understand exactly what has happened. And that ending in a more trivial film might have seemed more like a formula, but in this film, it really seems oh, like an emotional you know, payoff.
3: You think you've seen, you know, again... The, the, the notion that it's a prison picture, uh, that might turn some people off. Th- that isn't what this film is all about. That's no, just no. the location. Good writing all the way courage, through. It's about courage.
4: It's about heart. Oh, and I friendship. think it's a wonderful picture.
3: That's in art, the blending of a dynamic duo. And what do you do when one leaves? In the case of your biceps, do we fix the torn biceps, or do we leave it alone knowing you're going to be just fine? And in a minute, we'll be talking to an expert, Dr. Kevin Kaplan, about that. But in sports, near and dear to our hearts, is the story of Shaq and Kobe. And when Shaq left and Kobe stayed. But when they were playing together, it was as though one plus one equaled three. Let's do the background. How did they meet? What was it like the first time? Number one.
5: What most people don't know is our story goes back when I met you um, in Orlando. In Orlando, you guys had we're playing the Pacers in the playoffs in '94, and I came to a game and you know Penny back then was my role model. You know I looked up to him quite a bit. Asked to take a picture with him, he kind of brushed me off. I remember that. Yeah, and I came to you asked to take a picture, and you were like, "Yeah, come here, young fella. Yeah, where you from?" You
6: know. I remember that.
5: And uh, that's when the first time I met you.
3: The kindness was already there, because that's Shaq. Now, let's hear Shaq's version of it, number two.
6: I was in Atlanta, still with the Orlando Magic. Uh, we get a call from from Jerry West and my agent. 2 a.m., me and Jerome, we out of the club. Jerry West says, I got what you want. But at that time, I was asked for 150. I knew I wasn't going to get 150, but Jerry got me 120. So he called me up to the room, and he put the piece of paper in the thing. And before I could sign, he stopped me. He said, let me tell you something. I just acquired this kid from Charlotte. You and him are going to get about three or four championships. I was like, who are you talking about? He said, Kobe Brown. I was like, all right, cool.
3: Let's listen to how the blending started. Or did it? Are they two separate muscles, like the biceps? Or are they like the Achilles, where the muscles blend the two muscles? Number three.
6: One thing what I loved about you as an 18-year-old is, is you wanted it. A lot of guys on my team didn't want it, but sure. you wanted it at, at a 18-year-old. And that's why in the Utah game, everybody talks about those air balls. I wasn't mad at you. But for Cody Bryant for three, another air He should spot the back air balls, jazz basketball. And that's why I was the first one to come grab you and say, hey, I know everybody's laughing and giggling out, but one day people will fear you mm-hmm. at the end of the game. So mm-hmm. I knew that about you as an 18-year-old. You know, it was, it was fun.
3: So that's Shaq, the short head of the biceps, sizing up the other muscle belly. Now let's hear the opposite. Number four. I remember the
5: first practice, we had Travis Knight on the team. And, uh, I mean, you proceeded to just annihilate this kid. And, you know, just from everything, from talking trash to him to, you know, he was afraid to get on the bus. And um, one thing that I noticed about you from the jump was that you didn't respect people that you could bully and respect them and you test them and you'd see what they let you get away with and you'd see if they would fold to that and um, that was the first thing I observed about you and um, that competitive fire that you had and then it all started making sense to me.
3: so now the two of them have sized themselves up the two separate muscle bellies the fusion of the two the blending occurs at a Jerry's deli early in the day,
5: number five. That's how I see him play with that rage when it comes out. And that's how I see guys, when he plays, they back away from him because they're afraid of They're afraid of that, that confrontation, that physicality. And, uh, and then I remember you taking me down to Jerry's Deli. Back in the day, we had the big, big flip phones, you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't have one though. You had one, You put it I said, man, I didn't get one of those, man. That's pretty damn cool, man. You had the, you know, the big joint. And just hanging
3: out with you, man. And uh, you showing me the ropes from day one. Showing me the ropes. The blending begins. And then in 2000, teammates, two separate muscles, blending as one facing the Indiana Pacers, Reggie Miller. Listen to how the blending takes place. Number eight. My favorite Kobe moment is
6: in the finals in Indiana. I file out. Rose's 20-foot jumper, no good. Rebound should be Shaq. Smith's got it. Loose ball foul. Shaq is out. out of the game. I'm like, damn, I let the team down again. Mm-hmm. And you and you put your and you put your hand on my shoulder and said, "Don't worry, big mm-hmm. fella, I got it." Mm-hmm. And you just and you took over.
4: Kobe fires the jumper and gives LA the lead.
3: Shaw running one-hander, followed in by Kobe Bryant.
2: You can just feel the
6: tension in this building. And number nine. I always knew you was a bad cat, but that moment right there, because you had no fear. I I was like... You know, I I knew how much it meant to you,
5: right? As brothers, you don't let your your brother down, right? It wasn't my time yet. This championship was yours, right? Because you had worked hard to get us to this point, right? For your whole career in Orlando and all the disappointments, and here you are. And it's my responsibility to pick
3: that up. Is Kobe and Shaq as a duel separate, like the two muscle bellies of the biceps that never really fuse together but are stay separate? Or are they like the Achilles tendon? The gastroc and the sole is blending to become one. Well, you're about to hear the answer. They are two separate muscle bellies. Number 11.
6: One thing I, I know I got... I know I got a guy that's going to be ready. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of times I didn't come in the camp ready. Because that's just how I got done. Because my thing is, I don't need to get ready for Duncan. Right. I don't need to get ready for, I don't need to get ready. I'll get ready when I get right. ready. So because I had you, I was able to just chill out in the summer. Do what yeah, I do. See, that's what yeah, see, that's what pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, right. that, that was it right there. Hey, that, that was. <laughs> I got beat up. I got a hack and shack. I was tired, man. <laughs> I ain't doing no work. I'm going home. I'm swimming. <laughs> Me and with Jerome, we sipping pina coladas, we eating burgers. My ass is <laughs> so in the gym 10 hours about, a day. One thing I know <laughs> I got, I got a kid that's going to give me 40 yeah. he wants
3: it. So there you go. They are two separate muscles. But in these next two sound bites, you're going to hear Shaquille O'Neal admit the truth that when Kobe got that fifth ring, he tore his house apart. He could have easily responded, nah, it didn't bother me. I was happy for you. No. And that's the love. That's the respect. That's the honesty of these two muscles coming together. Number 12. Do you
6: think I was pissed when you got number five? Of course you were. Oh, no he, doubt. I told my house. I, no doubt. I, I bet did. you did. No, <laughs> I was, cause when I got four you got four, I was like, hey, I yeah. got four, he got four, Let's straight. When you got that fifth one, hey, yeah. hey, hold on. You said... I just wanted to get one more. Absolutely. To off. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. TVs. Yeah. And I said, you know what? He yeah, te- nothing <laughs> you can do about it either.
2: We know what it means as a team, but what about individually for you?
5: He's got one more to Shaq. <laughs> so you can take that to the bank.
3: Vince Scully called Kirk Gibson's home run, and many people say it's the greatest sports moment in Los Angeles history. I would disagree. And I loved Vince Scully and enjoyed meeting him and talking to him. And Steve Pellett can play that soundbite. But for me, it's when Jim Hill asked Kobe, what does this trophy mean to you? It means I got one more than Shaq. But listen to Shaq and Kobe's response, how happy it made Kobe feel to hear that that Shaq tore his house apart. Finally, number 13. A couple of days
6: later, I said, I ain't gonna be able to get five. I'm 38, hips bad, knees bad. I just got a call from Steve Kerr. They trading me to, to Cleveland. Cleveland traded me to Boston. I'm like, it might be over. So this is something that I have to live with, that Kobe has five <laughs> and Shaq has four. So I gotta live with that all my life. That brings me so <laughs> much
3: love, joy. And that's the love right there that Shaq would admit it to the little fella, that the long head of the biceps can get pleasure from the short head of the biceps. Coming up next, we'll get into that anatomy. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
1: Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Your posts. One of the most complicated areas of the body ACL, PCL, MCL Patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee Dr. Clapper. on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Whoa. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow! Your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better Hello there. with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
1: Besides chicken soup, (laughs) vitamin C, (laughs) green tea, (laughs) prunes, Uh, shot whiskey, (laughs) not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter.
4: (laughs) Why does the doctor need that little office for anyway? You know, his books, little stupid aquarium. there. I guess he doesn't want people to see him looking stuff up. What the hell was that? (laughs) Jesus Christ. That was kind of gross. That wasn't the tube or the circle. Plaster. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai
5: on
3: ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app.
5: What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Google the Guggenheim. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
3: I am just a poor boy. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited to talk to my next guest, calling in from Florida, the great Dr. Kevin Kaplan. Kevin, thanks so much. For calling in early to be with us, appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, thanks for having me. How you doing?
3: My pleasure. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you, Kevin. Have you been listening to the show? Do you believe I'm equating Kobe and Shaq and Siskel and Ebert to your topic about the biceps?
0: I like that comparison. I like the, <laughs> I like the Kobe Shaq comparison. I mean, I'm a huge Laker guy. You know that. I mean, I was out there for uh, for the uh, that he beat the that uh, Kobe beat the Magic. So I, I <laughs> like that comparison a lot. <laughs>
3: Hey, Kevin, tell us your story. What did your dad do for a living? Where did you grow up? And where did orthopedic surgery, where did Cupid shoot that arrow into your heart that said, <laughs> yep, this is what I want to do?
0: Well, I actually grew up here in Jacksonville, Florida, believe it or not. So it's been a, it's been a dream to come back and take care of my hometown, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. But I grew up here and uh, played a lot of sports, broke my ankle when I was about 13 and met an orthopedic surgeon that uh, wow. really just, was a a big part of of me growing up and initially wanted to be a physical therapist. And when I started to look into colleges, I asked her if I could uh, get hooked in with a physical therapist. And she said, no problem. I can do that. But why don't you come watch a a knee arthroscopy? And she took me in for one knee arthroscopy and that changed my world. And (laughs) and my, my goal from then was, was to push forward. My dad's a a child psychologist. And so he, you know, you know, just, analyze yourself, son, and, and figure out which way you want to go. And he supported me all the way, and,
3: and uh, wow. that was the
0: start of my path. So my dad's one wow. of my best friends, and just uh, great to have him around. So. Oh,
3: that's Listen, I'm going to give you some advice, Kevin Kaplan, because most both my parents are gone. My dad fought in World War II. Great stories he used to tell me. He was a carpenter. You better mm-hmm. make sure you make a video with your dad, set aside an hour so you can preserve it, and make him tell you all the stories that you've always loved because, listen, if my house burns up in a fire, the first thing I'm going to grab is that disc that has that interview with my father on it. So make sure you memorialize all those great stories that he has for you. I like that, Um, we'll do that. I, I want to thank Grant Stone, Mark Davidson, and the boys at Arthrex for getting me to you for this talk that we're going to now have. We're fascinated right now out here in Los Angeles because Anthony Davis is our future and our present, and his Achilles tendon, the blending of the gastroc, the blending of the soleus to form that tendon which has tendinosis, and now on an MRI he has an Achilles muscle strain, how the two muscles fuse together to become one. But that's really not the case in the upper extremity. So teach us a little anatomy about the short head, the long head, and the purpose of these two muscles, and why you can theoretically get by without one of those two muscles.
0: Yeah, the biceps itself, it's a really interesting uh, muscle tendon unit. As we know, it crosses two joints. So it's going to cross the shoulder and cross the elbow. Uh, And it has two origins, uh, thus the, the biceps. Uh, one origin starts inside the shoulder joint on the top of what's called the glenoid, which we know is the socket of the ball and socket of the shoulder. And the other one is uh, from what's called the coracoid. And that's, that is that small uh, piece of bone in the front of the shoulder. Everybody can kind of feel the front of their shoulder and that's called the coracoid. That's where the short head originates. And those two tendons then travel down the arm and go into the muscle of the biceps. Now, interestingly, as you, uh, at, you know, pointed out, while those there's one muscle belly, those two anatomic structures remain distinct, the structures independently. And so they form one muscle belly, but their fibers don't really interconnect. And then as they travel down the arm, they go across the elbow joint and insert past the elbow into the radius bone. And the the actual bicep tendon then rotates 90 degrees and inserts. And, And it makes it a very powerful, what's called supinator, which is turning your hand up, and flexor, which means when we flex our bicep, it's a powerful flexor and supinator. Mm. Um, but and it also af- also controls some motion up in the shoulder, so it, it dynamically helps to control some of the motion in the shoulder joint as well. But because of what you pointed out, because they're independent, if you tear the long head of the bicep, which starts in the shoulder joint, your shoulder, your bicep is still attached from point A to point B; it can still function.
3: And the cosmetic result of tearing the long head of your biceps looks like Popeye, right? That's what people really don't like, the cosmetic look. But you can coach them, right? And say, listen, you may not like the look, but you don't have to operate on it because you're not going to lose function. What do you tell your patients?
0: Yeah, I think uh, two, two of the prime examples that I always give, you probably use the same examples, are, are Brett Favre and John Elway. Uh, I think both of which had Popeye deformities tore their long head. I think Brett Favre, Dr. Andrews even released the bicep and they went on to win Super Bowls. So Hmm. I do coach that. I I talk about the cosmesis. Certainly, you know, some patients that are bodybuilders or or that really are into the, the, the symmetry of the arms, it can be an issue. But in terms of function, I tell them that if you tear the long head up by the shoulder, you'll still maintain your strength and your ability to move your arm. Now, a tear that's Uh, past the elbow, which is a distal bicep tear, then you worry about loss of flexion and supination. Uh, Mm -hmm. The only other thing I counsel my patients on is that you could experience some cramping until those muscle fibers kind of re-equilibrate and and learn that they're now shorter than they were before. But patients can Mm -hmm. function very well with a long head tear.
3: There are patients that I've taken care of over the years who have tendonitis and they have a painful shoulder from a fraying of the biceps and some of them have gone to the gym and picked up 45 pound dumbbells <laughs> and intentionally do curls to rupture the tendon. And guess what happens? Their pain goes away. They have the deformity, <laughs> of the Popeye sign, but they did their own surgery. I got it. You know, I live you know near West Hollywood. A lot of you know stuff like that happens where people take it upon themselves, and it actually is uh, it works. But when you do tell a patient that you do want to fix it. Teach us the options of fixing the long head of the biceps.
0: Yeah, For you know the younger athletes that have what are called superior labral tears or slap tears, where the bicep originates in the shoulder, uh, a lot of times we'll try to do a, a superior labral repair. So we'll try to repair that origin before it ruptures. Uh, mm-hmm. But in patients that are weak and warriors that are older, and it's gotten younger and younger in terms of when we decide to do what's called a tenodesis or a tenotomy, uh, a tenotomy is just what we talked about releasing the bicep tendon but the patients don't sometimes like the as you said the appearance and, and or the crampiness uh, of, of the feeling of the bicep being shorter uh, so we can do what's called a tenodesis and what that means is is moving the bicep tendon uh, you can do that arthroscopically uh, where we're in there with small incisions in a camera and reattach the bicep tendon uh, to the humerus bone Or we can do it through an open technique, which is my preference, where we go what's called below the pec tendon, which is your your chest muscle, and reattach the bicep to the front of the humerus bone to keep the tension on the bicep so it looks normal and you don't get as much cramping. And and patients seem to like that a lot. And our technology has advanced significantly, I would say, over the last five or 10 years in terms of how we fix these.
3: Hmm. Can you stay on a second? I just want to pay some bills. I need to ask you about the advances from Arthrex, which are so, I mean, Reinhold is always ahead of the curve, but I really want, even though it's a weekend warrior listening, you better than anybody else can explain the subtleties and the beauty of the technique to fix it. Can you hang on Kevin for just a few minutes? Absolutely. Okay. We're talking to the great Dr. Kevin Kaplan, really so knowledgeable, so expert in dealing with this most important muscle in the arm, the biceps tendon, you're listening. For the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. I am just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I have squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises.
1: Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story?
5: Hey, what's up? It's LZ. Look, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and The Weekend Warrior Show. 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Soon
3: to be a major motion
5: picture. Start your weekend off right, listening to The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper.
3: Without a good hip, you ain't hopping, that's for sure.
5: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
3: Warriors. We're talking to the great Dr. Kevin Kaplan about a most important muscle. And it's fascinating because you can tear it and not really have to have it fixed. But if you want to make it look normal, then you really need to put it back close to where it came from. We're actually not even putting it back where it came from, Dr. Kaplan. I want to use a clapper vision just to explain to the listener. There's a road here in Los Angeles called Sepulveda Boulevard. Before they built the 405 freeway, this was a naturally occurring road that went between two mountains that attached, you know, the San Fernando Valley to the rest of West Los Angeles, that Sepulveda Boulevard. In our arm, in the front of our arm, there's a Sepulveda Boulevard. There is a groove, literally in the arm bone itself, with a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other. Whereas you say the chest muscle, the pectoralis major, attaches to one mountain that's east, and the mountain that's west is the um, the is it the triceps? It was on the lateral side of the uh, groove. I'm blanking right now. I think it is, but you now are talking about this long head of the biceps staying true to to Sepulveda Boulevard between the mountains themselves and actually fusing the tendon to stay on Sepulveda and not slip to the mountain to the left or the mountain to the right. And that's basically what we're talking about. Take us through drilling a hole, how you capture the tendon and make it tight enough, Dr. Kaplan, so that it doesn't shrink again and have that Popeye sign.
0: So, so I like to make sure that I know the, the resting length, you know, so before I release that tendon, if it hasn't released already, uh, I will mark the tendon. So I make a little small incision in the front of the shoulder near the uh, armpit and uh, will find the tendon in that groove. I like that analogy. I remember that row right when I was out there. Oh. So
3: uh, I
0: like that one. So I'll, I'll mark the bicep. There's no mountains uh, and, in
3: Jacksonville, Florida, so feel free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very flat. We have some sand dunes. That's it. Uh, so, uh, so I'll mark the bicep tendon, and then I'll release it. And in that, that area where I mark the bicep and the groove, just past the groove, I'll draw a small little tiny hole. And Arthrex has done a fantastic job in, in providing us implants. I used to use uh, what's called a, a button, a biceps button, which was a, a metal button. Uh, But now I've switched to uh, use what's called a fiber tack, which is uh, a non-metallic soft tissue anchor uh, that goes inside the humerus bone. The the, the humerus bone itself is, is, you know, it's a hollow shaft. And so I can put this anchor inside the bone uh, and then I suture the bicep. I put stitches in the bicep and I can pass those stitches through this soft tissue anchor and tension that bicep right back up to the bone. Uh, and then tie some knots over the top of it to keep it in place. And that'll heal over the course of about two months. And once it heals, then we have our normal tension, and we have our normal function, and, and people can go back lifting weights and playing sports and doing the, all activities they
3: like to do. Mm, amazing. So how you do the surgery on a Monday, what do they do on a Tuesday? What are, they, what are you allowing them to do once you've tenodesed or fused the biceps tendon to the humerus bone? So assuming there's no other pathology like a rotator cuff tendon tear and we're just
0: talking about the bicep alone, I have them in a sling for comfort, uh, but I start them in therapy pretty much right away to get their shoulder moving because we've been inside their joint. And when you go inside a joint, you can always cause an inflammatory response. It can cause the shoulder to get tight. So I want them to move. And the only restriction I give them is obviously don't lift anything heavier than a cup of coffee or, or a Coke mm-hmm. can or something of that nature uh, while we get them moving again. And, and because we've reestablished that length on the bicep, uh, there shouldn't be an issue with allowing them to move early uh, while, mm-hmm. this, while this heals over
3: time. My teacher, Dr. Ranawat, used to say the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. I would love to pick your brain, Kevin. What, in your opinion, does the long head of the biceps tendon do, and how does it do it? Well, I think it
0: is a, uh, a stabilizer of the shoulder. I do think it has a role there, but we all know that it's not the only stabilizer. Uh, and I think it does play a role uh, in the overall uh, function uh, of, the, of the upper extremity, of the, from the mm-hmm. shoulder to the elbow. Now, having said that, our, our body is an amazing uh, structure and, and, and we're able to, to cope with not having that long head intact. Uh, and, and so certainly, you know, our bodies can adapt to not having that tendon, but I I do think it plays an important role in in, in giving you that strength and function. And that's why, you know, my preference is to Tino Deese and someone that's an active, weak and warrior type athlete because I I do think it plays an important role in in giving you that that dynamic strength in in the elbow and the shoulder.
3: Hmm. You know, taking care of the Jacksonville Jaguars as you do and so exciting with a new coach. You're going to have potentially yeah. Trevor Lawrence, speaking of labrams and shoulders and all the rest of it. But the, the part of the Jacksonville Jaguars that is the most exciting to me, and I actually devoted a whole show uh, maybe six months ago to, is your owner. You talk about an American dream, but Chad Khan's story. How, I mean, have you obviously have met him. What is it like to meet a man like this who became a billionaire when he came to this country with $15 in his pocket? Teach us, teach us a little bit about behind the scenes of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Obviously, it's someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for. He's given me a, an unbelievable opportunity to take care of my hometown team. And, and uh, you know, he, you know, obviously being a self-made guy is extremely easy to talk to. And, and. Uh, very intelligent, uh, but very down to earth. Uh, And I can remember the first time I met him and and being, you know, significantly intimidated by here. You're meeting a a billionaire. Uh, Yet when I talked to him for the first time, it was like talking to, you know, someone that you meet, uh, you know, going out for a cup of coffee, Uh, just Mm -hmm. very easy to to work with, easy, very easy to work for. Uh, And uh, he's very generous with his time and, uh, and uh, very willing to, to listen and, and to take other people's uh, opinions to heart. So it, it's been, you know, an honor and a pleasure. And I think it's been an honor for me to, to be their head physician for, you know, going on nine years now. Uh, but he, he's amazing, and, and uh, I think he's doing a great job. And he he wants to win. He wants the town to win. He wants the team to win. Uh, and he's done uh, unbelievable and continue to do unbelievable things uh, for, for Jacksonville.
3: Kevin, are you growing your mustache uh, to look like him?
0: <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could. I just, <laughs> my mustache comes in pretty thin, man. I just don't have it like that.
3: <laughs> I really appreciate you waking up to be with us. It's, uh, I can tell why the players and your patients really such joy and comfort and confidence knowing you're taking care of them. You really are special. And thanks so much for being with us this morning, Kevin. The great Dr. Kevin Kaplan. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Okay, young man. Talk soon. Wow. All right, As a guy who knows his business and the story of Chad Khan, the man who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, came from Pakistan in the 60s, went to the University of Illinois Engineering School. And in the 60s in America, you're from Pakistan, you're not getting a lot of jobs after you finish school. The only job he could get was working for a farmer in near Champaign, Illinois, And notice that the farmer and his buddies used their pickup trucks as work machines and constantly were destroying the bumpers. To make a very long story short, Chad Khan, while working for the farmer, trying to design a better bumper for the pickup trucks for the farmers, ended up patenting and coming up with the ultimate way to make bumpers for pickup trucks. And now, all these years later, whether you're General Motors, Mazda, Toyota, you name it, they subcontract the truck bumper to his company. Every bumper on a truck is made by the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars as the subcontractor. It's an amazing story. If you get a chance, you should read about it. But to be able to be in his presence must be so inspiring for Dr. Kaplan each and every day. All right, coming up next, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN.
1: Holy emoji, clap, man. Besides chicken soup, (laughs) vitamin C, (laughs) green tea, (laughs) prunes, Uh, shot whiskey, (laughs) not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter.
6: (laughs) Smoking, that's another one. Try to stop smoking. That's a beauty, huh? Well, with cigarettes, my wife and I, we made a deal, my wife and I. We only smoke after sex. I have got the same pack now since 1975. (laughs) (laughs) What bothers me is my wife. She's up to three packs a day.
4: Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior
5: Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. From now on, I am not Robert Clapper. I want you to call me Smokey. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Dr. Smokey Clapper. That's the greatest. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710 home of your Los Angeles
2: neighbors.
3: Welcome back Weekend Warriors. This is the group Steve Palette and I feel like we discovered they've been in the studio a bunch of times live playing music and watching them blossom and grow my favorite band forget about reggae band band and they're called ayaterra i-y-a-t-e-r-r-a the great mick laporcio and nathan just the most beautiful voice love it all right let's open the clinic what a pleasure it is each and every saturday to be with you to take you into my world of orthopedic surgery it's like visiting me in the office right The number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Ryan and Walnut. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
2: Good morning, Dr. Clapper.
3: Good morning, young man. How old are you? What do you do for a living?
2: I'm a a mental health clinician at a women's prison in Chino.
3: wow. Wow. Yes. And how young are you? I'm
2: 44 years old.
3: Okay. So the wheels are coming off the wagon, uh, Ryan. You ain't 24 anymore. You're 44, as we say in New York. but forget about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but this this is not for me actually. It's for my son. It's oh, um, so. I can help. Good. Um, he's fourteen years old, and he was diagnosed with bipartite patella. Yes. And uh, so he was. He's been resting for about two and a half months now. Um, he did the physical therapy, and do you have an understanding?
3: Ryan, do you understand what a bipartite patella is? Do you listen to the show? You know what Clapper Vision is? Yeah. Okay, let me explain to the listeners what a bipartite patella is. The patella is your kneecap, and it is a beautiful bone inside the tendon of your quadriceps muscle that allows you to fight gravity, to lift your leg up, to walk, to run, to jump. That's the mechanical advantage that we possess of having a fulcrum or the solid bone inside the tendon. Believe it or not, you got two of these little kneecaps in your palm, in your thumb, the tendon of your thumb to flex your thumb. That's what gives you the power to grip a hammer so hard or the steering wheel. And guess where else you see little kneecaps? You see it in your big toe, the bottom of your big toe that allows you to walk, to push off with your toes There's two little kneecaps in the flexor tendon of your big toe, but the biggest, we call it a sesamoid bone, in the body is the patella. And how does it form? Well, while you as an embryo in the mother's womb are developing, making the skeleton, and here's a Clapper vision for you, Ryan, it's like making pancakes. My favorite pancakes are Dupars, love them. How do they make the pancakes? Let's say you get a short stack, you get three pancakes, They, the chef, knows how to take the soup ladle and ladle onto the hot grill one pancake and then a distance away from the first pancake, they ladle another amount of the pancake batter to make a second pancake and then they make the third pancake far enough away from the first two. But since I'm Jewish and I'm incapable of making a normal pancake, what happens when I make pancakes? I unfortunately put the second ladle of the pancake batter too close to the first one. What happens when you do that? Well, then you don't end up with two separate pancakes. If they meld together and and form one giant ridiculous pancake, okay? We've all made pancakes, so you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, in the development of our skeleton from an embryo in the mother's womb to become Shaquille O'Neal, a giant guy, Guess what happens? The skeleton begins even in Shaquille's mom's belly. His kneecap started out as multiple pancakes. The cartilage skeleton in the body becomes calcified. So you have an adult skeleton. But the matrix begins as a cartilage, completely cartilage kneecap. And then it starts to have like pancake, different sites of pancake, we call them ossification centers. And they're intentionally calcifying close to each other, so they fuse and calcify the cartilage as one big pancake. It intentionally should become one big bony kneecap, these separate ossification centers. But in the case of your son, Ryan in Walnut, his kneecaps had the ossification center a little too far from the one next to it. So it never melded to become one big pancake, one big sesamoid bone, one big patella, kneecap. It stayed as a separate ossification center. And very commonly, a patient will come to me, you'll see someone in the emergency room, and they'll be sent to me because I've been told I broke my kneecap, I have a fracture. No, you don't have a fracture you have this birth defect is the wrong term but technically that's what it is you never formed a solid one uh as it should have been does that help ryan do you now understand what a bipartite patella is
2: yes i do yes i do
3: okay so question so ask me what uh, you okay, need use. How can okay I help? so
2: he he plays basketball um right now he's been he hasn't been doing any activities, just light activity shooting. Uh, But uh, so when he started having the pain before the PT, he was experiencing pain about a five Mm -hmm. and it it was a chronic pain after the PT. He said that he still has the pain, but it's between one and two, but it's only after he does the activity. Um, The question is, uh, is there any other, um, I guess, treatment that he can do to, to make it go away or is a one. This is what I would try.
3: This is what I would try for your son. Please. You've listened to the show enough. Do not let any doctor talk you into any needle. I don't care if it's a stem cell a platelet rich plasma cortisone. I don't want anyone sticking any needles into you or your son's knee. Okay. That's number one. You got that. Okay yes number two can you load the kneecap as he jumps as he runs can you somehow talk to the kneecap differently mechanically in terms of how it works a knee sleeve right that you can just wear around your knee you don't need hinges or a brace sure he can try that but what i would suggest what i would want you to try ryan you can buy it online and don't get a generic one get the real company it's called a CHOPAT, C-H-O-P-A-T. It's a, it's a Velcro band that goes over the patella tendon, and they'll teach you how to put it on properly and whatnot. I bet you he will have a lot less knee pain if he wears this device, but you have nothing to worry about. This will not become a future problem. He will not need surgery. He's not gonna rupture his tendon. He's gonna do just fine, thank you very much. When it stops hurting, he'll feel better. That day will come. When will that be? I don't know, but I think the chopat will certainly help him in that direction. Physical therapy helpful, but really, he's getting better because he's getting better. In my opinion, does that help, Brian?
2: Yes, it, it does. Because I was uh, so close to contacting our orthopedic surgeon and opting for the surgery because we felt no. like not uh, getting better. No,
3: no. You hang in there and have him. And just like we heard my guest, Dr. Kevin Kaplan, talk about breaking his ankle as a kid. And that's what inspired him to become an orthopedic surgeon and now takes care of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ryan, Mm -hmm. what's your son's name? Joshua. Let's hope and pray. Just like Lillian Clapper, my mother, said, you're going to tell Joshua, whatever you want to be in life, Joshua, first you should be a doctor. Can you imagine? That your son Joshua is now going to be an orthopedic surgeon one day because of this injury. When God gives you lemon, you make lemonade. This is a good thing in his life, not a bad thing, Ryan, because this will force him to read about it, to learn about it, and become fascinated by how the body works. I ultimately see this as a beautiful, beautiful thing for your son. And I'm telling you, do the chopat. Let him burn out that pain, if you will, over time and not need surgery. I want you to do me a favor, Ryan. You're a total stranger to me and I just help you. I want you today, find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me.
2: Will do, Dr. Clapper, thank you very much. And then, um, uh, is taking Tylenol or any pain reliever? No, uh,
3: we wanna know he's getting better because he got better. Stay away from medicating.
2: Got it, got it. All right,
3: All right thank gonna... you
2: very much, Dr. Clapper, appreciate
3: God bless you, thanks for calling, Ryan. All right, Warriors, Steve, do we have time for another one? Minute and a half, let's take someone quickly. Rob and Corona, you're on with Dr. Clapper. Hey, Dr. Clapper, how are you? Good, I know you're busy next week, but I want you to do me a favor. I want yes, you sir. to call at 7.30 next week, if you can. And you'll be the first one ahead of everybody else that I'll talk to. I promise you that. It sounds good. I work at night. I get off at 7 a.m., so that'll work on my uh, drive home. All right, because I really feel bad that I left you hanging, and, uh, and I really need to make it up to you. So uh, Steve Paulette will be here. It'll be my 10th anniversary show, and you're going to be the guest star at 730. I'm going to take your calls. How's that?
0: Sounds good, Dr. Clapper. I think you're in for a good one.
3: Okay. God bless you. I look forward to talking to you. All right, Warriors, let's talk about next week. Because I only have a minute. It's the 10th anniversary. Don't you want to know how this all started? Don't you want to know why this started? Who was responsible? How did it happen? You're going to learn how a 10-year journey of bringing the weekend warrior to where it is today happens. I cannot wait. To go over with you. Until then, I leave you with volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying, which you and I do each and every Saturday. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the radio.
1: the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Know Your your Knee knee Posts. One of the most complicated areas of the body. ACL, PCL, MCL, patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee. Dr. Clapper. On the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow! Your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better. Hello there. With the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.